Stacey Dakin is the Managing Director of Mentor Canada, an organization that was launched in 2019, founded by the Alberta Mentoring Partnership, the Ontario Mentoring Coalition, and Big Brothers Big Sisters of Canada. So Mentor Canada itself is not a direct service provider. We don't offer mentoring programs. Our clients are really, um, and I say clients with air quotes, our clients are really the service providers. So if you are a Covenant House or a YMCA, YWCA, if you're offering mentoring programs, we want to equip you and your staff and your volunteers with the tools that they need and information they need to offer quality mentoring programs. Stacy says it's a fable that a mentor is a person with all of the answers, the light at the end of the tunnel. Rather, she says mentorship is about nurturing relationships. And she says mentorship can be a formal process or not. Informal meaning your coach, your teacher, um, you know, could even be a social worker, someone that's in your life in a, in a formal role ends up being a mentor in some way. If they're there and they're really interested in you and, and, and your well-being, they're going to ask you questions that challenges you, that says, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? You know, what are your skills? What are your strengths? Stacy is also on the board of Lean In Canada, a community of professional women who empower each other as they build their careers. Stacy is the director of strategic initiatives. The goal is really to create an opportunity in space for women or growing their, you know, growing along their career path, or going around along their career path rather, uh, to come together and talk about um, what they're doing and be that support for each other, be informal mentors for each other. Right? That's really what it's about. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Stacy talks about the impacts of COVID. She has some advice for anyone looking for a mentor, and she talks more about Lean In Canada. Stacy Dakin on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. For today's episode, I am privileged to have the opportunity to talk with Stacey Dakin, Managing Director of Mentor Canada and National Board Director, Strategic Initiatives of Lean In Canada. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us for an episode today. Uh, thank you for the invitation, Bonnie. It's great to be on uh, online with you. Well, I'm really excited because, uh, one, I... I don't know a lot about Mentor Canada, and it just sounds like such a fascinating organization. So I'm really looking forward to hearing about that. But also, you know, Lean In Canada. Um, you know, I've I've read the book Lean In a couple times. I've I've done you know little things at work with women, and but Lean In Canada is like a a large organization with chapters across the country, and I can't yeah. wait to talk about that because I just think that's so cool. And also to let people know how they can you know, get involved if they want to. And for listeners that aren't in Canada, there's also lean in uh, across the world. Yep. Yep. So there's lots of opportunity. So, but before we get into that, let's just start by talking a bit about you. Um, tell us a bit about your professional background and what led you to your current role at Mentor Canada. Yeah, great. My, uh, I, I guess I don't have the traditional um, path to, to where I am today. And I can't say when I grew up, I, I wanted to be uh, the lead of Mentor Canada. It's not something that existed when I was when I was young. I, uh, I was a waitress at Hard Rock Cafe in Montreal. I uh, was looking for something a little bit um, more stable. Um, I was, I think, 21 at the time. And one of my colleagues started working at a call center. So I said, great, get me in. He got me in. So I worked at the call center and I wasn't in school anymore. And uh, one of my colleagues was at university, Concordia University in Montreal, doing the human relations program and something clicked. And I said, that's really something that I want to do. Um, I signed up and I got in and I started working and uh, working and going to school at the same time. So 
Uh, I was able to do my bachelor's over nine years while I got married, had three kids, and uh, moved, changed careers. And when I when, when I changed careers, it's actually because we left the city. We left Montreal and we moved to the country. And when I was in the country, I needed a new a new job. So the call center wasn't uh, ideal, traveling an hour and a half back and forth every day. And the job I landed in was in community economic development and community capacity building. And what that means is you're really bringing people together from the communities, so from the health sector, um, the employment sector, entrepreneurship, uh, even the, the mayors and the, the, the city councillors, to look at what's happening in the community and co-create together the future that you want. So how do you get from where you are now to where you want to go? Um, and I did that job for about 13 years. And then at one point I said, you know, I just, I don't want to work for this organization anymore on this. And we were really focused on the English speaking community in Quebec. I wanted to do something else. And Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Canada had a job offer and they were looking for a national director of strategic projects and knowledge mobilization. I had three titles in three years. So forgive me if I forget exactly the title. But the concept there was they had a, a new program, a mentoring program that was being funded through Public Safety Canada. And they were looking at how can mentoring offer the holistic supports and holistic sports is really how can it be that um, how can it be that blanket on your shoulders when you're feeling sick? So how can mentoring help you who are currently on delinquent trajectories, so they're headed in the wrong direction? How can mentoring be the support that they need to get them on the right track? And so I, I worked on that. That was about bringing together three different uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters agencies across Canada, uh, talking about the realities of their communities, um, uh, looking at the different mentoring services that they offer, looking at the volunteers that they need, the youth coming through their doors, and really coming up with something common, you know, that through line um, that touches on the three realities of those communities. And I guess that I did a good job that I was asked to look at this concept of a pan-Canadian mentoring strategy. So how do we look across Canada at mentorship and, uh, and what people are doing around mentoring in Canada? So uh, that's how I found my way to, to Mentor Canada, was initially a project manager. Um, Mentor Canada is a, an initiative. We are currently incubated under Big Brothers Big Sisters of Canada in partnership with uh, the Alberta Mentoring Partnership and the Ontario Mentoring Coalition, um, and that's that's where we are today on our path to uh, to seeing where we'll go next. That's awesome, and I mean, um, how how has COVID impacted how you deliver your services? So Mentor Canada itself is not a direct service provider. We don't offer mentoring programs. Our clients are really, um, and I say clients with air quotes. Our clients are really the service providers. So if you are a Covenant House or a YMCA, YWCA, if you're offering mentoring programs, we want to equip you and your staff and your volunteers with the tools that they need and information they need to offer quality mentoring programs. So um, all of our in-person uh, events obviously had to, to move online. Um, we are about building a collaboration, a coalition across Canada, and you can imagine Usually you do that in person over coffee at different events and conferences, having to build those relationships, find those people uh, online has been a little bit of an obstacle. Um, also, people are changing roles, right? There's been a big wave of, of new people and faces and voices, I guess we could say, on, on uh, in the virtual world. And so we've just had to be very vigilant of um, making phone calls, reaching out, inviting people to the table, um, showing up at uh, opportunities. So when there's just different conferences or events uh, online, 
showing up, um, following up on, on, on social media posts. Hey, we're interested in what you're doing. Can we help? Is there a way for us to get involved? And that, um, that's been the, the key to, to our success Good. so, so far. Good. That's great. So you've uh, shown resilience and been able to, uh, to keep going. Um, yeah. uh, mentorship is, uh, you know, is, is just so important no matter what you want to do professionally, you know, like everybody needs mentors and, and people to help, help guide them along the way. Uh, what kind of advice would you have for someone who is looking for a mentor? So mentoring, there's this, there's this fable, right? That everybody thinks a mentor is this person who's going to, um, have all the answers for you and, you know, you know, open, put that light at the end of the tunnel for you. And what our position on mentoring is really, it's about nurturing relationships. And so, and then we'll talk about Lean In in a minute, but in Lean In's book, right? In Sheryl Sandberg's book, right? Lean In, she talks about mentoring in that awkward scenario where you you ask someone, are you my mentor? It's right. It's like, you've been on a first date with someone and you say, are you my boyfriend or my girlfriend? It, there's an art to it. I think it's it really is at, at the base of relationship and, and you have to develop that relationship before you can formalize it to be, um, you know, you're, you're now my mentor. And that's in the, let me preface this by there's kind of two or three types of mentoring, right? There are programs where you, you apply as a mentee or you apply as a volunteer mentor or maybe you're being paid, you know, different programs, different uh, situations, and they match you with someone. And when they match you with someone, there's generally a, um, a recommended way to proceed. You talk about your goals, you talk about what you want to achieve, um, the style, how free the style of interaction you want to have. Is it email? Is it over the phone? How frequently do you want to meet? You know, those are programs that exist around mentoring and they're, they can be fantastic. Um, you know, our goal at Mentor Canada is to help make sure those programs are fantastic. Um, but then there's the whole other part, right, where I think the majority of mentoring relationships are. That's in the informal or natural world. So informal meaning your coach, your teacher, um, you know, could even be a social worker, someone that's in your life in a, in a formal role ends up being a mentor in some way. If they're there and they're really interested in you and, and, and your well-being, they're going to ask you questions that challenges you, that says, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Where do you want to go? You know, what are your skills? What are your strengths? And then again, another, there's natural mentors, your uncle, your aunt, your grandparents. Those are people who are in your life. They don't have a formal role, but they are, you know, they're your circle of support that are around you. And all of these people, um, can and should be mentors and, and you really shouldn't aspire to have a mentor. You should aspire to have many mentors and at the many stages and phases, phases of your life. So I remember a time I needed, you know, I had a new baby. I don't know what I'm doing. Talk to the mommy and me group. And those women probably never thought of themselves as mentors to me, but really they are mentors because mm -hmm. you're asking them for advice and they're gen generally, they'll challenge you back. Well, what are you comfortable with? And do you believe in co-sleeping? And do you believe in, you know, and, and that makes you, um, that allows you to make the decisions that you need to make that is in the best interest of you and your family. And that to me is the, the, the heart of mentorship is allowing you to be your best self through the guidance advice of, of those around you. That's great. Um, and kind of on the flip side of that, then if someone is looking to become a mentor, uh, what mm -hmm. really does make a good mentor? Yeah. Um, I think you can't come in with this savior complex. You can't come in, if you want to volunteer for a program, you really have to come in um, with this idea of, I, I want to help and I want to help someone where they're at in order to be them be their best selves. So 
you know, it could be career driven, it could be community oriented, um, it could be in the school system as well. I mean, there's a variety of programs that exist and you have to pick the one that, that meets your needs um, as a volunteer. Uh, you also need to find out like how much time are you willing to give? You know, do you want to work with a young kid? Do you want to work with someone who's a young adult? Are you looking perhaps to work with an immigrant who's landed in Canada and is now needing some advice on how to find a job, uh, set up their family? Like, I think as a mentor, you need to, you really need to look at yourself and understand what is it you want to do. On mentoringcanada.ca, uh, we do have a free online orientation for mentors, which allows you to go through uh, a one hour at your own pace, um, learning around mentoring, what it is, and and identify for yourself what is uh, what are your strengths as a mentor and what um, what you can what you can bring to the table. That's great. That's awesome. Um, and you mentioned you talked about it a little bit, kind of like when you were a new mom, going and reaching out to other mothers for support. Um, what other role has mentorship played in your own life? Yeah, I I have not actually gone through as a mentor. Tea, um, a formal program. So I have to say, I don't have that that insight. Although I've worked in mentor mentoring uh, programs as a mentor, and so I, you know, I can see where I have my strengths and my weaknesses myself as a as a mentor in a program. Um, but I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great informal mentors. So they have been uh, colleagues, they have been supervisors. I've been involved in the social sector, social services sector for a long time. I've been on many boards of directors. So um, the presidents of the boards are usually, you know, people that I, I'm inspired by, I'm influenced by, I'm guided by. Um, would those people tell you I was Stacy's mentor? Probably not. They probably wouldn't even know that they were my mentor. Um, but to me, when I look back on my past, I can say, well, you know, there are points in your life and conversations that you have with people that you can look back and say, that was a turning point for me. And that was, you know, where something changed for me. And I think that those are the the mentors in my, uh, the mentoring experiences that I've had in my life. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's great. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's kind of similar with me. Like, I, I have been part of a, a, a formal mentorship program, and I just got lucky. I matched with someone that, you know, I worked very well with. And that was years ago, and we still, every once in a while, just have a coffee. And I try to make it that I'm not reaching out to her every time I need something, but, but more just to see how she's doing and what, what, what's going on with her. But, um, and then all the informal mentors that, that play such a significant role in people that you look up to or see something in or learn something from. It's a continuous cycle that there's never an age where you don't need one anymore. No, I agree with you 100%. When you're young, you have no idea. When you're, I mean, young, like little, like in elementary school, primary school, you're, you're really, you don't know what a mentor is. You don't know what that's about. You just know that you need, you need a relationship and you might not even have the words for it, right? Like our biggest concern at Mentor Canada is that mentoring is, um, is a very popular subject right now. And there's a lot of people that are interested in mentoring and being mentors, offering programs. And our concern is the quality of those programs. Because if we continue to offer mentoring programs and the impact is you have a bad mentoring experience, you're not going to want a mentor in the future. You're going to ask for something else, but essentially it's mentoring. It's about that relationship that you need with someone, that interaction, that guidance, that, that help. If you have a bad mentoring experience, you're going to say, I don't want a mentor. That's not, not for me. And you're going to say that you want something else, which at the heart of it is mentoring, right? Because it is about relationships. And um, we just, we need to be careful about this term mentoring. And, and it's not a blanket statement. So we're hoping, you know, through through Mentor Canada to come up with some um, 
common language, common expectations, um, and, and really provide the tools that, that mentors or mentoring service providers, so the organizations that are offering the programs, um, that they need to be able to, to build the programs and offer a good service. So let's switch gears a slight bit. And I, I want to talk uh, about, we mentioned at the beginning, you're very active in Lean in Canada. You're a member of the board there. Tell us about Lean in Canada and what that organization is all about. Yeah, so you mentioned it before. Cheryl Sandberg wrote a book. Um, it was copyrighted in 2013. So I, you know, I'm not exactly sure I remember the release date, but I do uh, know in the book it says 2013. It was copyrighted by the foundation. Um, they they then lean in, uh, and we call it we call it Lean In Org, Rich, which is the organization in the U.S. They decided that they wanted to replicate this type of uh, movement around supporting women in the career uh, around the world. And so Lean In Canada was formed um, several years ago by a group of women. Uh, Lean In Canada it, itself, they, they call them networks. At once upon a time, they did call them chapters. So we have the Lean In Canada network. Um, and then we have three other really highly active networks. So Lean In Toronto, Lean In Calgary, and Lean In Vancouver. Um, there is ideas of having other Lean In networks across Canada. So, you know, that's an opportunity to engage if you're interested in building a network. Um, the network really is bringing women together in that area or that region, often in person, virtual because of COVID, um, to have conferences, to have workshops. Uh, they bring together all the little circles. So when I say little circles are usually, you know, seven to 10 people who come together. It could be at your, your uh, corporation. So you might have, um, let's say, Bell. Bell decides that, you know, some women working at Bell say, I want to have a circle. Well, they could create a circle on the top of, of their choice. It could be around, you know, women working at Bell who are mothers. It could be women, um, you know, of color. It could be, you know, women in the marketing department, it could be a variety, you pick the topic. And it, the goal is really to create an opportunity in this space for women who are growing their, you know, growing along their career path or going around along their career path, rather, uh, to come together and talk about um, what they're doing and be that support for each other, be informal mentors for each other, right? That's really what it's about. So it seems like a natural uh, alliance to your values and what you do um, in your day job but you know being a board member is is a is a big role and a big responsibility what made you yeah. decide that this was the org for you so i've been involved with many boards um lean in was interesting for a couple of reasons one it was a book club uh read that i had at my previous organization many years ago and uh i think i think it was me who brought it to the table but i can't remember it's possible someone else had brought it to the table but i remember with my colleagues who were mainly men and they read the book and there was a lot of well i'm a father and uh you know i don't treat women that way and i'm a i'm a husband and i'm a brother and and it just i couldn't understand how these these men who were so well-intentioned and people that i respected couldn't see the dis the difference between a male approach and a female approach um, and that example that I, that uh, of women, one of the examples is often women, you know, if they're coming into a boardroom, there's not enough chairs, they're happy to take the chair that's against the wall, right? They won't insist in being at the table where a man might insist in being at the table. And these are generalizations, right? It doesn't mean that everybody is like this. So the, the concept, lean in what it stands for, really resonated with me in terms of, you know, women don't necessarily step up to the table. We need to, you know, be a little bit um, more conscious of the way that we interact and engage and uh, and bring our be best foot forward. So that's why Lean in Canada as a board I was interested in. The other opportunity was they were looking for someone to lead the strategic initiatives uh, portfolio, which is really 
taking that strat plan, operationalizing it. Um, mentorship was a program that they wanted to design. And when I when I realized that Lean In Canada, the whole philosophy around Lean In is not to have paid staff. It's a women helping women. So there are no paid employees. We have a virtual assistant who helps us a little bit. But really, everybody who is engaged with Lean In is volunteering their time. Um, when I was asked, well, could you, through this portfolio, uh, develop a, a mentoring program? I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I can't develop a program because there's so much time and energy that's required for a mentoring program, right? To, to, to match, to monitor, match a mentor and a mentee together, to monitor the relationship. Um, what I really believe we need to do is, is um, raise that mentoring mindset. So how can everybody through the circles and through the board and through the networks really be informal mentors for each other? So um, yeah, that's where the intersection and why I was interested in Lean in Canada. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a passion. This idea of working with women who are, you know, along the career path, I think is, uh, is important. And it's something that is, uh, I guess I'm realizing over time, it's something that's near and dear to my heart. I didn't really know that before. That's great. But now, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you said something I, I kind of want to pick up on, and that's about how, you know, if there's not enough seats at the boardroom table, a lot of women, um, sitting against the wall, like you mentioned, a friend of mine sent me an article, I think last week, I think it was in the Globe, I, I can't remember for sure, but it was about the housekeeping tasks in a corporate setting and how they largely fall to women, like organizing a birthday party or taking notes in meetings and things like that. I've actually, I don't put my hand up to take notes in meetings. I will, if someone asks me, I will, but I have stopped that because yeah. that was something I was really yeah. bad at. I'd be like, oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. But it was always the women that were putting their hands up to help. Always the women planning the socials and things like that. Um, in your view, what do you think needs to happen to kind of equalize that kind of housework in the office, um, largely falling on women? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know that that's a, like um, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. I can understand equity and um, and uh, you know things being equal. It's not necessarily perceived as as the best way, but you know I, I truly believe in strengths. And if women are interested in general of taking notes, and the notes are better, like there, there's no problem there. It becomes a problem if things are unbalanced. If women are and what they're talking about a lot now these days is EDI initiatives, right? So if an organization is interested in developing or implementing EDI initiatives, it's generally the women who are speaking up to do that. And so what's happening is they're taking their, you know, 37 and a half hours a week or however many hours they're doing their regular work and they're doing it on top. So if they're doing the birthday parties and they're doing, you know, the note taking and now they're developing EDI uh, projects on top of their regular work, they're not being compensated. Um, not being appreciated, that's where I think the issue is. Um, and that, that's where I think that women just need to stand up and advocate for themselves, you know, and, and you need to say, do I have, um, am I set up to succeed here? Are things uh, equal? Uh, do I feel good in this situation? And if you don't feel good, then that has to be that flag to say something needs to change. Is it you need to stop saying I will do it? Do you need to speak to your boss? Do you need to bring it up at a, at a meeting and say, look, I've done the, the notes the last six times and I've done the last, you know, three birthday parties. Can someone else do it? I think that that's where that lean in concept of standing up and, and for yourself and, and, and advocating for yourself is important. 
there is an assumption about equality, and I know that there are there are some um, groups out there that talk about this lean out movement, or you know, um, lean in is about assuming that everybody has uh, equal opportunity. They don't have equal opportunity. Um, they're women of color, women, um, you know, with disabilities, women, all of the you know those added intersections of a woman's uh, personality could mean that they they're facing barriers that another woman is not facing. So. I never want to assume here that women are all equal and coming at things from the same perspective or at the same level. So all things being equal, <laughs> I would say a woman who has the who is enabled to stand up for herself can and should. And a woman who's being oppressed or, you know, is facing obstacles, um, you know, there are support services out there. There are groups that you can you can reach out to. Um, and I think that you you it comes down to you need to inform yourself of what is within your power and and what's without what's within your power deal with it and what's not in your power find a way to deal with it yeah that's that th those are excellent points i like that like knowledge is your power right like find out what's available out there to you find out what your rights are find yeah. out um what support groups there are that you might need uh, support mm -hmm. from. And it's funny because I think the article was really coming up from that side with all the work that doesn't actually lead to a promotion or doesn't lead to a pay increase or doesn't lead to um, great, interesting projects, right? Which, yep. uh, of course, everybody has side of the desk uh jobs, both male and female, but it's strategically being able to pick those that are actually going to be beneficial to your career and your development within the company instead of... Just the birthday parties. I, I don't mind planning birthday parties because I think they're fun. Uh, but note taking, I've never been good at, and I do not put my hand up for that. <laughs> um, I take a lot of notes, so for me to take notes at a meeting is not the end of the meeting, not the end of the day. The only issue I have nowadays, and maybe you're the same, I like type everything, so yes. I try to write you know notes by hand. I uh, it's a hot mess. Oh, right? <laughs> oh, mine too. I was trying to read something the other day, and I was like, whose handwriting is this? Because I do everything online. Um, yeah, uh, mine, mine's more is like I cannot work. At, like if we are sharing a screen, I cannot type the notes because I will spell every word wrong. I will like like I suddenly freeze. I'm I'm not good under pressure of someone watching me <laughs> <or> type. <laughs> so if if people are uh, interested in getting involved in in Lean In the Lean In Org, whether in Canada or another country, um, how do you yep. go about doing that? So other countries, I would assume that it's through leanin.org, uh, so O-R-G, that you would have to go through. Through Canada, leaninCanada.com. So we use the .com versus the .ca. Um, you know, you can look up circles that are available in your area. Uh, you, you would be offered the opportunity to create your own circle, and that includes training. So, you know, how do you pull people together? How do you, like, how do you just describe the, the circle, the goal? Um, you know, how do you host your first meeting? What are the conversations? All of those things are available for free on leaninCanada.com. There are different opportunities either for the board or some of our committees. So um, each of the chapters or networks now, they're called networks. It's a, it's, we're in a change management process here. Maybe six months ago they were chapters and now they're networks. But they, each of those require uh, support. So it could be around um, marketing, uh, communications, fundraising, uh, engagement with circles, events, um, even sponsorship around fundraising, you know, coming up with mutual, mutually beneficial relationships with organizations with like-minded uh, mandates. Uh, so each one of those networks, including uh, Leaning Canada, 
does require that support. And that, again, is all volunteer. Um, so you won't get a financial compensation. However, it's experience. And most of the women that are involved at Lean In in, in Canada are women who are, are you know, growing their career. So they're between 20 and let's say 45, 50, right? That's who is there. And, you know, if, if there's an opportunity, you want to try something new. I think the best thing for me with board opportunities is trying something that I'm not good at, right? Learning about communications, learning about, you, Bonnie, you and I talked about podcasts, right? I have no idea how to run a podcast, but, you know, does Lean in Canada need a podcast? Right. right. Do we want to go down that path? How do we do that? Right. So that's a growth opportunity for me and potentially those that I would work with. So I just think when you're if you're looking for opportunities to learn and do new things, if it's not working out for you right away in your the job that you have or the job that you want, volunteer, find a way to do it and, and get that experience from peers, from mentors. And, uh, and it can only help you. That's awesome. And uh, for listeners, we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So there'll be links where you can uh, go for more information and learn more about both Mentor Canada as well as uh, as Lean In Canada. So that kind of brings us to our last question, which is the question that we ask everyone on our podcast. Um, and that is, if you could go back to when you first started your career and have a conversation with yourself, what type of advice would you give? Yeah, so um, I thought about this and I have a daughter who's 12. So I often give her uh, a lot of advice. She's very much like me. Uh, we're both driven and ambitious and uh, and opportunities often, you know, unfold in front of us. And we're like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. The the advice is always, um, you know, make sure that you, you build relationships and you connect with others along the way. Uh, I don't always feel I need to ask for help. And I don't always need to ask for support. Um, and, but I found over the years that when I don't bring people in, when I'm going along my journey, I end up feeling alone. So how do you, um, you know, lean into your drive and your ambition, uh, not be a pushover, but not be a bulldozer either? How do you make sure you're, you're doing it in a way that it, when you get to where you're trying to go, you're not alone? So I, I, it's, and it's about relationships, right? It really, to me, is about relationships. There's nothing worse than being alone in your success. So bring people along the journey. Excellent. And so that brings us to the end of our formal questions. And now we just have our fast three, which is so people can get a little bit of um, idea of something you might be reading or listening to. So the first question there is, what is your favorite podcast or source of information? So it changes over the years. I mean, I love Armchair Expert. That's like my, my source of entertainment, right? Uh, Dak yeah. Shepard is probably uh, him and, and, uh, and his team. They're really good. But source of information, uh, lately I've really been tuning in to podcasts that are offered through social services organizations. So the Canadian Women's Foundation has All Right Now. Uh, All Right Now really looks at um, the intersection, uh, they say the intersectional feminist lens on a topic. So, and recently they talked about lean in and this lean in concept. So they drew me in with that. And then there's another one, which I think is is really uh, cool to highlight the uh, the Ontario um, Nonprofit Network. is Their new podcast is called Digging In. And uh, they look at issues that matter to the nonprofit sector. So I think that... Um, for me in the last couple of months and for the months to come as I continue to build out a nonprofit and Lean in Canada itself as a nonprofit, we need we need to come together as a sector and really understand the impacts of COVID and where um, where it's bringing us. Awesome. Uh, did you listen to uh, the Kristen Bell and uh, and Monica um, spin off of uh, Armchair Expert the, with the I listened 
to one of them. Yeah. What is it called? Is it it's called uh, We're Supported By? I, I was trying to remember what the actual name is, but they always say We're Supported By, and then it's got a a, a female that they're talking to, but I can't remember what the name of the podcast is, but I uh, I was listening to those over the summer. Yeah. Really no, I listened to it once or twice. I uh, I ride a motorcycle, and so when I'm on the motorcycle, I often, we go on these long rides, we need I need entertainment and I get sick of music. So that's one of the podcasts awesome. that I listen to. Yeah. But I don't remember it's called, what it's called either. I can't remember. But no, I love Dr. Shepard. I think he's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so the next question is, what are you currently reading? So I have a pile of books on my desk and uh, my nightstand. And, uh, you know, one of them is Mentoring Mindset Skills and Tools from Anne Rolfe. Another one is The Laws of Nature by, by Robert Greene. But I think the one that's most important these days through COVID is the Atkins diet. <laughs> how do we keep eating and not uh eating in a, in a sane way and not have the COVID-19 pounds right so yeah that's the one that is on my nightstand that I refer to most often <laughs> and that, one, that one's getting harder the longer this lasts uh... oh my god yeah it's terrible but uh yeah I know it's Atkins is like old school apparently but that's the book that I have from years ago I think nowadays it's uh, keto but, yeah um, I think it's similar to keto, though, Atkins, isn't it? High protein or high fat. Um, well, keto is high fat. My husband and I did keto for a while. Um, yeah. But I think after uh, the holidays, we may have to dust off those books again. Um. Well, if you're going down to lockdown again, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and the final question we have for you today is who is currently inspiring you? So I'm going to go back to the nonprofit sector. I think there's a whole movement in Canada around um, supporting the social services sector. Even the government of Canada um, committed to investing 300 million in the 2021 uh, budget towards the social services sector. I mean, there's just with COVID, there's housing crisis. Um, we see the rate of inflation is super high. Houses are just not affordable. Uh, food or food has gone up in price, uh, healthcare, mental health, you know, burnout, all sorts of things are happening. And all these social services sectors are requiring um, more staff, uh, less donations, less, you know, ability to have fundraising events. And I just think that we need to um, watch what's happening in that sector. And uh, we need to uh, engage and help as we can. It doesn't always have to be about giving money, although money certainly helps. Giving our time is uh, is important. So I'm really inspired by the nonprofit charitable sector in Canada. Excellent. Uh, well, Stacey, I just want to uh, thank you for taking time out of your uh, out of your day to sit down and have a conversation with me. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us for an episode. Well, thank you for the invitation. This is great. I love love the title, Run It Like a Girl. I think, you know, women run things a little differently and I think it's just totally appropriate. Thank you for the opportunity. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk.